Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck, and I'm joined once again by my brother, Cody Kirkhoff. You asked me to come back, and but every time I sit here, and I'm happy to always come back because I love this time with you, but I'm always a little jealous. That whole good morning, I listen to it all the time, and I'm like, man, it's so cool that he gets to do that. Oh, man. just You know what's, what's, um, what's funny is when I was in the newspaper business, I uh, would write columns, and my mugshot would run with it. And so I'd be out and somebody said, Hey, you're the, you're the guy from the newspaper. And, and I would be like, maybe, Cause, you know, I don't know if I made you mad or, yeah. or what, but now it's still kind of weird. People who I don't know, like I was at Publix the other day and the young man at the cash register said, Hey, I listen to you all the time. Uh, I'm like, what, what, how, how do you know you can't see me on the radio? Yeah. But yeah, people recognize the voices, and um, of course, I I really admire voices like like Mark Giles of the Joy. Oh Bell. yeah, he's got that smooth Great. velvet yeah. voice. What one of my favorite teachers, uh, Dr. Bill Urey, he's got that voice that's just I'm like man, he's definitely good for radio. We all have our, our voices that we wish we had, but, yeah. you know, God gave us our voices, and you got a great voice. Bro. Oh, I think, but at least you and I have the face for radio. Oh, man, there's no doubt about that. Can, <laughs> can I get amen out there? <laughs> I, I heard him. All right. <laughs> but, uh, guys, so glad to have you back, Cody. I had a great time last week talking about culture Christianity. And, by the way, if you if you missed that one, you can still listen to it. Go to the Love and Action podcast. Um, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, just look up Love and Action podcast, and, and it'll be there. Uh, You can check that out. I had a great discussion last week. Uh, Pray we're going to have another great discussion this week. Uh, We're going to talk about poverty and the church's response to those living in the margins. So um, we're going to get into that. And Cody, I'll I'll ask you once again if you would open us up in prayer, brother. Jesus, again, we just, uh, what an opportunity to just come share about you, sitting, knowing how much you love us, how much you love every single person listening, whether this morning or they listen to it later on in the week. Oh, Lord, you love us so much, and we praise you for that. And I pray this morning that there is power, that these are not just words, but these are is your power that goes with it. And you, God, reach our hearts, and you reach our minds, and you can mold, and you can maneuver that, God, we live in a more powerful way, a more caring way, a more loving way, a more intentional way to live for you on purpose. And I pray just a deep blessing for everyone that's listening God, that you would allow those hearts in each person, in our hearts for Ken and I this morning, that you reach us right where we're at, love on us so deeply. And God, may these words this morning encourage us, draw us closer uh, to you, because Lord, in the end, all you want is that relationship with us. You sent your son to redeem this world through love and relationship. God, may these words be that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, as we going to talk about this morning is the church's response to those living in the margins. I was thinking, what a great sermon series that would be, and you may have done it uh, over the years, I don't know, of going from Genesis to Revelation and just pulling out every point that God makes uh, about our response to to those who, who are poor, who, who are living, as we say, mm-hmm. in the margins. Uh, and that had me thinking about David Platt and the secret churches mm-hmm. where you know, I've heard him like the water through the fire hose, mm-hmm. man, through Genesis to Revelation, talking about like suffering and so mm-hmm. forth. So that, and he may have done one on fire, I don't know, because uh, there's so much in the Word of God about our response to our brothers and sisters who are living in poverty, uh, and we're going to try to cram it into 
Yeah. Well, about 25 Take minutes. Take six now. to six books and yeah. cram it into <laughs> a few minutes. It in. But it is. It's in every aspect of Scripture all throughout that it has been a response of God's love that we are to love, reach, serve, care for those that are living in the margins. And, you know, I think one, just to define what those margins are, you know, Matthew 25 did a, did a great job of that as Jesus was sharing. And margins today could be somebody that just doesn't have enough, quite enough funds that they are living borderline of where I'm going to live, where I'm going to stay, where I'm going to eat. There's a lot of margins. I think sometimes people just say, oh, we're going to look at a homeless population. No, there's there's a lot of margins out there in, in a lifestyle that bring out a lot of stress, a lot of hurt, a lot of shame, a lot of hopelessness. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I'm living in the margins. And we have to have a church response because, one, the church was about bringing people together to see the goodness of God. And when we see the goodness of God, the rest of the things the margin, it's a, it's a little bit less. Not saying it's not still real, but uh, it is so important to lift people for a different perspective because when you are living in the margins, that becomes most of what you think about. And then that brings out, uh, we've seen a lot of anger, yeah. uh, especially the past few years. And there's a variety of reasons for that anger, but, but that's one of them. Like you said, people are in a position, they're like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And um, sometimes anger will come out of that because you just get angry at the situation. Angry and at your situation. It's sad. Yeah. Depression. Despair. Depression. Um, all those things happen. And when we get in those situations, it can snowball. And we as a church need to have eyes to see the margins. Um, I think I said last week, no longer look at anybody from a worldly perspective. I don't, I don't need to always look at why. Uh, we talked last week about the relationship with God, the who. So let's look at the who, the, the image of God that was created. Hopefully through relationship, maybe we can begin navigating the why in a loving, grace-filled way. Right. But to be an encouraging and tangible, not just encouraging, hey, I wish you the best. Right. But how can we have be the hands and feet of Jesus? Yeah. You mentioned Matthew 25 when Jesus tells us about I was sick and I was hungry. I needed mm-hmm. clothes and I was thirsty and I was in prison. And you came and ministered to me, mm-hmm. did all that for me. And then, but he goes on to say, and I was in all those situations and you did not yeah. uh, help. But Lord, me. when did we see you that way? If it would have been you, we would have done it. Exactly. He's like, ah, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you yeah. did for me. Exactly. And yeah. and so we do have a response. And as a society, when the wise are looked at, a lot of judgmental point of views will come out, a lot of stereotypes types will come out. So like you said, the whys are important. The whys are important. But the who is even more important, and the who who can help each one of us in our situations is the one we need to share with others. And Cody, I know you've heard this comment as many times as I have. There's people who we've helped at the harbor here at Love and Action, and I'm talking about not the homeless, because praise God, we've seen a large decline in the homeless population, but an increase and those living in poverty, Correct. they'll sincerely look at you, and sometimes with tears in their eyes, and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because if not for you, I don't know what I would mm-hmm. do. And we always point them to, to Jesus. That's He's the one you need to make sure you're thinking. But, you know, that's, that's the reality. There are a lot of people out there uh, hurting in a myriad of ways, mm-hmm. and the church needs to respond 
biblically to these situations to remind people because you know just because they're poor don't mean they're not Christians. The, you know the whole prosperity gospel put a crazy light on that, and I, I'm thankful that more and more people are realizing that fake gospel is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's fake. I mentioned a few weeks ago, Paul's detractors. I think were the first movement, the first ones in that movement, because they were, uh, one, it was in Corinth, I believe, that they were saying, well, he's suffering too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so he can't be a, yeah. you know, a man of God if he's suffering that much. Yeah. People are hurting in their believers, but man, there's, you know, life happens and we get into uh, different situations. That's not our fault. Sometimes it is our fault. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the, the wise, uh, there, there's many. But we need to, to look at each one on an individual basis and minister to them and help them and encourage them that, you know what, God's going to help you in this mm-hmm. situation. He's going to help you through it. Some people, and well, a lot of people, are, are not going to be act necessarily lifted out of that extreme poverty, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, when we can look here in our own city, we look around the world, and Jesus tells us the poor is always going to mm-hmm. be with us, right? But... That doesn't mean, well, okay, they're always going to be with us. Well, just let them mm-hmm. stay in their situation. And that's not what Jesus tells us at all. I receive a, a comment quite often, and people will say, that's not my problem. Mm. And I think it's the church's opportunity. You know, and just let's talk about Dothan. I know we have listeners from all over, and and every area is a little bit different. But as we're broadcasting out of Dothan, the 2000 19 statistics uh, for Dothan on city data. Um, so I'm only going with, you know, what you can see off of that. Dothan was sitting at 20.3% poverty rate. Mm. And we've seen that creep up a little bit. I think best statistics for coming out of 22 were about 20.9%. Now that's about twice the national average. I know when we get into the more rural areas of our counties around, that num- that percentage can creep up even right. more. So out of that, you know, if we live in a ballpark at 70,000 people that live in, in Dothan, we're over 14,000 people that are living in in a poverty, in a, in a margin. That's going to create a lot of stress. That's going to create a lot of stress for how to do life on a daily basis. As you said, things like anger and depression and hurt, that can all come out. That's going to affect kids as they go to school. That's going to affect job performance. That's going to affect, I mean, when you have that type of stress, I know everybody's going to want to talk about the, the why, but I think in an opportunity of relationship, and I think that's the church's response is relationship. I think in, in the opportunity of relationship through time, we're going to be able to help find the why. And we can begin through love and relationship navigating that. But I think first we need to understand we are in a city right here with a lot of opportunity. And about the best of of what I've seen, you and I have talked about this, I think about 5% of that poverty, those in the margins living in our city, 5%. So if we said over 14,000 people living in the margins, 5% are churched. And guess what? When you're going through tough times, church isn't always the place that you call. You have to have people drag you by the arm to say, we love you. So that is a a lot of opportunity for the gospel, for the church uh, to reach. Uh, If you want your church to grow, little plug, go reach the margins. Your church will grow. 
And so if we got 14,000 people living in the margins, uh, only about 700 are probably churched. Man, we have an opportunity of Jesus. And I like how you phrase that as an opportunity, not a problem. Mm -hmm. As a problem is very negative and and you just want to sweep it away. Mm -hmm. But it is an opportunity. You're absolutely right. And one thing that I've seen over the years in in doing inner city ministry here, Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York, just all over, and you've been all over the country doing inner city ministry, a frustrating thing is that you'll have some houses of worship in those areas where the most crime-riddled neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. the poorest neighborhoods, but there's no connection to that mm-hmm. neighborhood. People come in from the outside, mm-hmm. have church, and leave. Mm-hmm. But there's no connection, so therefore the community's not connecting with them. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, people, on the most part, we know aren't just going to wake up one day if they haven't been to church or haven't been to church in years and go, you know, I'm going to church today. Mm-hmm. You know, every now and then that happens. We, we understand that. But you have to engage with them for them to come to you. Like at, at the harbor, if y'all never went out on your outreaches, would those people come to the harbor for services on Saturdays and Wednesdays? Not for the worship services. People don't really care about what you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. And Ken, you know, you and I, we're, we're in a lot of different churches. We share and get asked to teach or preach at places or share about the respective ministries and different things. And I don't know about you, but I still worry, okay, did I dress right? Uh, am I going to be received? I always am I ask be- ahead of time, uh, what's... What well, I, I always need to do. wear. Because, I mean, you, know, you, you and me, you know, T-shirt, shorts, and sandals when we're out here, right? Mm-hmm. But, we, you know, we, yeah. we don't need to dress the way You know, and, and <laughs> so you think about someone in the margins. They're already thinking, oh, are they going to welcome me? Am, am I dressed right? Am I going to act right? I mean, we, we all as humans carry some amount of shame and insecurity right. to a point. Um, and, and you're right. They're probably not going to just wake up and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. Now, I believe God has the power to do that. I yes. believe that does happen. But I think through relationship, most people end up going to church because you were invited to that church. doesn't matter your means. Rich, poor, doesn't matter your, your means. You go to the church because you were invited to that church. Yeah. And maybe inside you have this leaning, this, this, this leading that, yes, I want to be involved and engaged in a church. But you're going to probably pick one based upon a relationship of, of who helped. Well, we have an opportunity those living in the margins. And you're exactly right about churches that maybe are geographically located closer to areas that are maybe have a higher population of, of margins. What an opportunity that is, I think, as, a, as, as churches and, you know, and even ministries like ours, we have to know what our community needs. Mm-hmm. We have to be enough awareness of what's around us to say, hey, here are some ways of who we can be for this community to be able to offer some basic things for this community that reaches what our community looks like. And I just, I think that's always the encouragement of the opportunity that, that we have because we, I've given the statistics, we, we have a big population of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. And I, and I think one of the, the, the aspects of not doing that is people don't know how, they're thinking, well, I don't know how to relate to somebody who's Correct. living in that situation because I've never been there before. Well, let me give you one big fact here. They're human, just like you and mm-hmm. me. Uh, it's like I've often told people about the homeless over the years. They're like you and me. They just don't have a home. Yeah. And what a, a great opportunity that, like with our two ministries, people come and, and they get to meet folks. Like we had, we had this one gentleman. He started coming last year to, to go on our outreaches with us, and he he was you know very shy at first, which 
most are. But then he started, and he wasn't—he wouldn't pray. He's like, I'm serving. I will serve plates and yeah. all this. Uh, but now he prays with people, yeah. and, and he told me the other day. He said, hey, Kenneth, it's just so great. You know, when I go out with y'all, I know almost everyone now, and they know me. So you know, it's that relationship that you, you just got to start. You got to start. And, and if it's coming to the harbor, or it's coming to love and action, or you know, just getting out into the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time youth. I mean, what what an opportunity yeah. to, to meet the youth there. We kind of like Nate. Yeah, Nate's a good brother awesome. and Kenny. But, you know, just get involved and say, you know what, this is an opportunity. Yeah. And I have an opportunity as a man, as a woman of God, to impact my community Correct. for Jesus. Yeah. And so, Jesus, lead me to where I need to go. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Here I am, send me. Yeah. So I think a lot of times in 2023, here we are. You run Love in Action. I get to be part of the harbor. And it is, we specialize in our areas of serving the marginalized and trying to, first and foremost, we build spiritually, seeing people become disciples of Jesus Christ. But we do do the random acts of kindness, you know, the tangible items of food and clothing. and But we navigate a lot more, jobs and housing and discipleship and mentorship and transitional things and but I think what's happened is a lot of times people will say well that's what you guys do I, it is we have a passion for that we have a calling even more than passion a calling for that would we still be doing that if this wasn't our jobs right this a few weeks ago and I happened to see a Facebook memory it was 13 years ago I was a youth pastor then and somebody had put hey I'm going to the streets of Tampa to reach the homeless with my youth pastor, Cody. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I was yeah. just a youth pastor in a church. Then, right. you know. Um, so I think sometimes people will say, but that's what you guys do. Well, that's when I got to go back to Acts 2, and the early church had formed, and you and I, well, we've discussed this till we're blue in the face, and you have all kinds of people from every language under heaven represented. So they didn't have language in common. Uh, there would have been multiple socioeconomic, uh, multiple race, multiple upbringings, multiple backgrounds. I mean, man, and there would have been marginalized, and there would have been well-to-do, and there would have been all kinds of people. And it said they had everything in common. Right. Well, I think that's first what we have to realize is, as you said, it is a person of God. That is our everything in common, human. Okay? Let's realize that. And then it says that... If anyone had need, this was the church. This wasn't the parachurch. This was the church. If they had a need, they sold their goods and possessions to make sure that people were okay. They lived that life together because they had everything in common, so they were one organism of life together. Now you have sometimes church, and and there are great churches that do care deeply. But sometimes, oh, you guys focus on that and we focus on this. I think we need to focus it together because it needs to not be separate things. It's a together thing because as you go back to the beginning of, of this podcast and this, this show, you said, man, it's been part of Scripture since the beginning. It's right. been part of our faith since the beginning. How do we make sure? I know a lot has happened, especially 1964, as, as the government began to give a lot of money to those that were in the margins. And when I say a lot of money, it's not a lot of money to survive on. You and I see that all, yeah. all the time. It's it's just enough to barely breathe today. Yeah. It's from the beginning of time, it has never been the government's responsibility to do that. 
beginning of time, if we're followers of Christ, it has been the followers of Christ's responsibility to do that. So my hope has always been, A, that churches see the need even deeper, have the care even deeper, and find ways in their own churches, especially in their own communities, that find ways to reach the margins. Or secondly, like for you and I, we do not want to be our separate things. We've said over and over, we've said it on air, we wish we didn't exist. We wish there was no such things as parachurch ministries. But let us be an extension of your church in local ministry. Uh, we can span denominations pretty good. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's be an extension. So everyone out there, let's be an extension that we can partner together, not just a phone call to say, hey, what can you guys do for this? How can we together do this? And likewise, then, we help people maybe be a relational hand that can help people get planted into whole and healthy Bible churches that are around in this area, and there's plenty. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that has always been the goal that you and I have, have had the desire that, you know, hey, we're reaching the people. We want to plug them in yeah. to where they're going to grow and learn how it is to grow among other Christians and form those relationships with brothers and sisters. And that, that's great when we see that happen. We often, we always seem like we always go back to Acts 2 when, when we're together. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it is, we see there that the people were, were given to help one another out. Mm-hmm. And we get the blessing to see that happen often when people come to the harbor, come to Love and Action, and say, I want to help you know, mm-hmm. with this, whether, whether it's finances, whether it's food, whether it's hygiene. As you were talking, I was thinking about there was a couple, and they had a, a pickup truck, and it was still in good shape, but they were ready to get another vehicle. And so they came to us and said, can we donate this oh, wow. to you? And, and we've seen people donate cars over the years, and we've used that to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And so and when they offered it to us, Martha, I immediately, without talking, thought of the same person. Yeah. And it's somebody who works at a, a store that we frequent and we've been ministering to over the years to the point that he just runs up to us and hugs us when we yeah. come in. He'll say, hey, I got something to pray about. Or he'll mm-hmm. say, what miracle did you see today? Yeah. You know, just like we were talking about conversations yeah. uh, last week. So we gave this young man that truck. And, you know, he it, it's open things up. He, he used to rely on his dad, bringing him to work or whoever, but he was so faithful to work. And that was mm-hmm. very impressive to us as well. Um, and that, now he's got a second job mm-hmm. that he's able to get to. And he was blown away by a vehicle at all, but he was really blown away. That was a truck because he mm-hmm. understands the market today. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, you know, pickup trucks, pick use pickup truck sales for a whole lot of money now. Yeah. But this couple, they weren't concerned about that. They wanted to help somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when we see the body of Christ, doing that, I think about Acts 2, and and I think about how they were helping one another with those needs, because we know that transportation is such a huge need in this city, because so many people, we've said it many times before, who live inside the circle, never or rarely get outside the circle, because they'd have to walk, Mm -hmm. and there's people outside the circle who can't get inside the circle, because they can't, they don't have transportation. And there's people out in the country. Right. And you do a lot of outreach to to rural areas that have no transportation as well. And that's just one little piece uh, of of the margins. You know, I I just go back and saying the kingdom church of the Wiregrass or the kingdom church, wherever you're you're listening, when we can band together, not that, okay, love and action does this and, and we do this, but how do we reach the whole person together? And we can navigate it together. That's the best pieces. 
you know, I've always, my dream has always been for the harbor to get to absolute zero for a number. Because then I know that everyone has, has been put into great, great churches. But we have to reach the person. And, and you and I have these incredible stories. And I'm going to share a story. I'm not going to mention the name. You're going to know who it is, but I'm not going to mention the name for the sake of just privacy. But there's a, there's a man, and he knows sports better than anybody that I know. And he, he drives uh, an electric uh, wheelchair around. And boy, and you're smiling now, boy, does he love Auburn. Yes, he does. I know boy, does he love Auburn. And he's went through a lot of abuse and struggle. And he lives in the margins. Uh, he truly is disabled. And he, he receives a, a small check each month to survive. And he is able to live in some, some lower income come housing. And, and he, he frequents here. And he frequent you know, Love and Action. He frequents the harbor. And we've given provision and, and things to, to help out. And he, he comes to all of our worship services all the times. And he's began following Jesus. And, and uh, he's still uniquely him. But uh, through relationship, deeper and deeper, um, I'm in a season right now of coaching AAU basketball, and uh, uh, we happen to practice downtown here. And uh, every practice, he's there. Awesome. And he's he's there enough that he's like, I think I need a whistle. And he's like, Hey, you know, I feel like I'm becoming a mentor to these boys and different things. But all that being said, through all of that relationship, I happened to find, I had to first see, Hey. Him and I don't think we have a lot in common, especially Auburn. Don't have a lot in common, okay? But he's a person of God. Yeah. Had everything in common. Then we found a few commonalities, but it didn't really matter. Love went out of relationship. What was amazing is he wheeled his wheelchair to the harbor, and he's done it a few times now with a whole bunch of boxes and bags. And he brought food. Mm. And he said, you guys have helped so much through these years, I want to give back. That's awesome. And that's where I know the transformation of him is coming. Yeah. Well, the next steps, I want to help find him a church yeah. that he can be around even more loving people. And that's the journey. And as you said, when we look at the, the person, no matter what they're going through, they're the image of God. There's goodness. Yeah, amen. And we have to find the relationship to let that goodness come out. And he's listening today. He listens every Sunday because he's one of my greatest encouragers. Every time he sees me, he'll say, I listen to you Sunday. You know, and Can we say his name? Are we allowed yeah. to do that? Uh, yeah, you can say his first name. Sean, we love you very yeah, much. You are an inspiration to Ken and I very much. Yes, yes, you are, brother. And, and thank you for your encouragement that you yeah. always give to. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's one wonderful example. Yeah of transformation that takes place through relationship. But I hope people understand, and I hope Sean did too, it's not just him that's that's benefiting from this relationship. You and I benefit from it for having him as a brother mm-hmm. and the encouragement that he gives us and, and, and the help that he, that he gives. Ministry, people often think, well, I'm going to help people today. Okay, that's true, but you know what? God is going to do so much more oh, in you than what you and I are going to do for anybody yeah. else. And that's a great example there. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, again, it's about relationships. We've got to make those relationships. And when we do, then those who are marginalized will understand, you know what, I'm not by myself. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too, is you, know, is you get to feel a little lonely and, and kind of separated from, from everybody else. Uh, but you know what, God's with me. God loves me. He's with me. He's going to help me through this. Yeah. And if love and action in the Harbor being downtown is a connection point, Great. We still want to be that extension of local partnership and kingdom ministry with every church here in the Wiregrass. 
But if we're a connection point, we'd love to have people come down and serve with us. One of my favorite things to say, especially Saturday mornings on our community day, is, hey, I would love for you to invite them back to Harbor Worship Services. But more importantly, could you invite them to your worship service on a Sunday morning? And I see it, and local churches have been welcoming. I just think, let's continue to build this. Let's get all the marginalized into safe family places of worship. And we can work this together. Eternity is going to be transformed. Yes, exactly. And, and that's, that's the thing. We always talk about we want to see change. Mm-hmm. Well, we can be the change by sharing Christ, building relationships with people, and really living life together. Living I mean, life. That, that's what we, we look at the early church. That's what they did. And look, look what God did through them. And we're here today because of them. Amen. Yeah. Cody, we, we're going to wrap this up now uh, as we, man, that 30 minutes goes by so fast. I hope you come back with us soon. And we'll just. Always love these moments, Ken. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. You are a giant in our community. So thank you. Well, brother, you, you, you are the same, man. I, I appreciate you more, more than you know and what you and, and all of our brothers and sisters at the Harbor mm. do. I mean, thank you all. Then speaking of thanking people, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Yeah. And I hope uh, that you will seek out those who are different from you and start making those relationships and encourage each other in Christ. And when you see an opportunity, uh, help fill that need. And I hope you have a great week coming up. Uh, always remembering that Jesus loves you so much. And I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.